Hello, and thank you for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in Revelation 2, and I just want to start us off, though, with a quick prayer. Father God, I'm grateful for all that you've done. Thank you. Thank you for making the world, being the creator who stands outside of time, stands outside of his creation, and yet hears us, interacts with us, and is truly concerned and intimately involved in our lives. I'm grateful for all that you've done. I'm grateful you know every hair on my head. And I'm thankful that I get to call you Abba Father. So Father, as we read today, I just pray that our spirits would be open to you, that our hearts and our minds would be open to you, and that we would learn what you want us to learn. I pray that you would guide us that you would guide these words, guide our hearts, and guide our minds. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, before we start, I just want to reemphasize. There's a lot that's said about Revelation that is very complex. It's very scary. I've been reading some commentary and or reading the prefaces of commentaries of various books and uh, by various authors and churches and, and experts. And so many of them talk about that revelation is scary, complex, confusing. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I, I don't actually. And I've, I've um, recorded another podcast that is about, it's from A.W. Tozer where I just read his thoughts on revelation and his thoughts that revelation is written to us, the average person, the just the guys um, type of people. And he, God wants us to understand. It's written in a way that we can understand. At the same time, there's mysteries of God that we will never understand. And so it's interesting. If you have a few minutes, it's actually about 12 minutes, I think. Um, go ahead and listen to that podcast about um, A.W. Tozer and just the starting point. But if not, I'm confident that we'll get tons out of it because at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit's talking to us. The Holy Spirit is speaking to our spirits as we read. So with that, let's start with chapter 2, verse 1. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard, your hard work, and your per- perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name, and you have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and and do the things that you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practice of Nicolaitan, which I also hate. So that actually almost at times reminds me of myself. I have a passion for God. I feel the emotional element. And then I create a process. And I lose the spontaneity, the, the uh, passion. And it becomes 
a process. And that's what I struggle with quite often. So the church at Ephesus, I can relate to. Verse 7, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in paradise of God. To the church, to the angel of the church of Smyrna, write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not but are a synagogue of, of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt by all the second death. So the Smyrna actually doesn't, Jesus doesn't have any complaints against them. He's just trying to prepare them for the persecution they're about to go through. Verse 12, to the angel of the church of Pergamum, write, these are the words of him who has the sharp double-edged sword. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne, yet you remain true by my name or true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, not even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was put to death in your city where Satan lives. So obviously they live in a place where it's not a safe place for Christians. Lots of persecution. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. There are some among you who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin so that they ate food sacrificed to idols and committed sexual immorality. Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans, Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. So, to me, that would indicate that there's still believers or people within their church and community who still hold to the old ways, the old pagan gods. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it known only to the one who receives it. To the angel of the church in in Thyatria, write, These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet, By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you except to hold on to what you have until I come. 
To the one who is victorious and does my does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. That one will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like poverty, or like pottery, just as I have received authority from my father. I will also give that one the morning star. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So I wonder what that Jezebel. I think she was a she was a a whore or a harlot. And so, you know, maybe in today's world, we could equate that to porn. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so that's the, uh, that's the end of chapter two. And, uh, with that, I'm just going to close this with a quick word of prayer. Father God, I thank you again for all that you've done. That is the creator. You've given us insights for living our lives. And I pray that you would watch over us and guide us, that our days we would look at the, the examples of the churches, what, that they did great things, they were doing good, and yet there were still some things being held against them. God, you see our hearts, you see our minds. You've said if we just look upon someone, a woman, with lust, we've committed sin, a sin and adultery. So I just pray, Father, that you would help us because, and that you would show us our hearts and strengthen us and give us the tools and the ability to overcome our sins and our, and our shortcomings because the spirit is willing, but maybe the body isn't. So it's a constant battle and war as is talked about in Romans 8. So Father, I thank you for this time. And I just pray you'd open our hearts and our minds and that today would be a great day in which you're honored and glorified. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Take care.